0: Before we begin the show, I just want to say that this podcast is brought to you by the Wedding Video Boss Patreon page. There you can pledge as low as $1 to keep the show going. Different tiers give you different perks like transcripts of all the current episodes. This is for those who don't have time to listen for an hour. You also have extra episodes that are a little bit more in-depth and straight to the point. Also, for a limited time, coaching sessions with me. So head on over to www.patreon.com, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash wedding video boss to learn more. All right, see you there.
1: So So then um, I took it a step further. And so this is what I mean. Like when you really stop and think about like, what are you doing intentional to your brand? What are you doing to be part of the community, to make yourself an asset to the industry, Right. To make yourself part of the conversation, not the person just talking, always talking. Like, what are you doing to help to be on the other side of that and to solve industry challenges or to just be part of it bigger than how it's self-serving, right?
0: Welcome to the Wedding Video Boss Podcast, where we talk about the business of being a wedding creative. Every week, I invite over business gurus, wedding specialists, and successful business owners to share their knowledge about particular keys to create and maintain a thriving wedding business. The best part is you get a front row seat and it's absolutely free. I'm your sexy host, Paul Santiago, and I'm so honored that you have joined me today. Guys, I love learning, especially about how to run my business. And I feel like the key to us being in business for this long is because of the network we've created, our kick-ass crew, and the amount of knowledge I have gained from experts from different fields. And when I say from different fields, I didn't know that they have information that I needed. There's always something to learn from someone, and that's the value I want to bring to you and to your business. Today's guest is Katie Easley, and she is an expert on sustaining and making sure that your business is thriving. And on this episode, have you ever struggled with networking or maintaining a really good relationship with other vendors or getting more work from a lot of people from your network. Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with on this week's show. You will learn how to be a linchpin in this industry. So have a pen and paper ready because this is going to be a badass interview. So don't go anywhere. If you're driving, maybe just try to memorize it. Well, Katie and I will be back in a jiffy this episode is called Be an Asset, Not an Ass. Creating a business that lasts. Coming right up. Okay, hit record. All right, testing. It's a party. It's a party. Hey, Katie, thanks for being on the show.
1: Absolutely, Paul. I'm excited to be here with you.
0: I, I'm so excited because when I saw your your bio when I read your bio and you were telling me that you're doing all of these and you're pretty much just doing a lot of sales. It got me so excited. So I can't wait to get into this interview.
1: Good. I'm excited too.
0: (laughs) So before we start, um, I would love it if you tell the viewers and the listeners something about yourself that they probably would be surprised to know.
1: Okay. So... I would say the most surprising thing about me and something that very few people can ever say that they can be familiar with is that I'm a leap year baby. I was born on February 29th and not like kind of on February 29th as like 430 in the afternoon. I was born on February 29th. There was no way around it. (laughs) My mom was not avoiding having me. But yeah, I'm a leave your baby. So I uh, have a birthday every four years and I have, I bring it like people ask me random like this type of question all the time. And I would say I have met less than five people and that's like met, not like still know. I only know two people that uh, I share a birthday with. And one of them is my daughter's friend's brother. It's like, it's always someone like seven times removed.
0: That's crazy because... My my dad is a, from a brood of ten kids, and his one of his brothers okay. is a leap year baby. Okay, so, so I now think... I can add
1: another one to my list.
0: <laughs> so I think he's like six years old, right? Now. Oh wait, no, you said four years, right? So I yeah, think so... he's about nine.
1: So about so about thirty six. No, or almost thirty. Okay probably you got whatever the age is divided by four. (laughs) I know it it screws everyone up. It's, it's the best thing ever, but it's also the most frustrating. So I'm going to be 11 in February, 2020. I know it's going to be awesome. (laughs) And, uh, it screws everyone up. And then to make it worse. So I've already told you my age, but I used to book airplane tickets without a computer, like for the longest time in my life. Like it wasn't a thing. Right. I know it sounds kind of crazy. Like I'm not a dinosaur by any stretch of the imagination, but when I would go to fill out online forms, it very rarely will allow for you to select. Like if you select the month is February and then you scroll down, it stops at 28. Wow. And so, because the computer doesn't recognize 29 days. And so I have to start with the year and then do the month and the day in order to get the 29th to populate. Oh
0: man, it didn't even realize that. So that's it doesn't a, even realize that's a good yeah. uh, date hack.
1: Oh, it was crazy. Like, I was like, I, my birthday isn't even here. Like, how, how is this a thing? <laughs> like, I swear I'm alive. And then the most jacked up part about the whole birthday situation is that Facebook, you know, Facebook, I mean, most of us haven't been around it for that long. And What, 13 years, which isn't that long. But Facebook will tell half of my friends my birthday is February, like on a non leap year year. It'll tell half of my friends, I'm guessing it's half because I have no idea why it does it. It tells a group of my friends that my birthday is February 28th. And then the very next day, March 1st, tells a different group of my friends it's my birthday. And then the people on March 1st see the happy birthdays from February 28th and they're like, did I miss it? Because <laughs> people forget. And so no one really knows.
0: <laughs> That's crazy. I, I I didn't even realize that it's that complicated because, you know, being Filipino, yeah, it's just
1: a birthday. It crazy. should be basic. Yeah, it's not basic.
0: <laughs> so when you're, so when you're, you're saying when you fill out the dates, you have to do the year first or else it's not usually
1: work. correct.
0: So when you're so going, just go
1: and try it. Like go populate crazy. something and try and pick February twenty ninth. And not all of them, but most of them require me to select the year first.
0: Okay. Well, at least I'm going to tell my uncle that. And make sure he's he could go to the <laughs> the adult only sites. No, I mean not right? adult only <laughs> sites. <laughs> exactly. For, for for mature people <laughs> or you know never mind. Right. <laughs> So okay <laughs> um now I want to ask you um i would I always love asking people about their origin story because it always impi- inspires a lot of people and so I would love to ask you what your origin story is and what you're okay. up to right now
1: and and what was the second part and what my
0: what, like what your origin story is, how you got mm-hmm. into the industry, and what you're up to right now
1: what I'm up to right now? got it, okay, so actually tying into my random fact about myself i as I previously explained, have a split birthday, three out of every four years where people don't know sometimes that it's even my birthday and there's no there's no actual day. So people always say, well, do you celebrate on the 28th or the first? Like, when do you want me to call you? Like my good friends, things like that. And I consider myself to be a February baby. But the importance of that is my passion for the events industry is deeply, deeply rooted in celebration. Because I was, celebration in a way was taken from me when it should be from a child, the most obvious thing to ever have happen. Every year you get a birthday, it's on one specific day, that is your birthday. And I would have that, but it never felt the same. And so on my actual birthday years, like so any of my age, any time divisible by four is going to be a leap year. I love to throw parties and I love celebration more than anything in the world. And I think that really comes from the fact that I didn't necessarily have the ability to celebrate the, one of the most basic things that everyone has, which is their birthday. And so now I throw myself ridiculous birthday parties on years, and all my friends know, my family thinks I'm fun and crazy and it's amazing. That's like so cool. I threw myself a 40th birthday party for a couple of reasons. Number one, I was 40, but in leap years, I was 10. So I was double digits, baby. Like 10's a big deal when you're a kid. So I threw myself a big party and some of my friends were like, this was crazier and nicer than my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, well, it's birthday and it's a party. And it's some, some of my most treasured memories are around my birthday and celebrating with friends and family, which is kind of what pushed me towards the industry uh i went when i went to college there was no such thing as like event planners there was there were very few in the market there were the preston baileys of the world who is still an icon and someone that i look up to i was fortunate enough to be able to see him at in uh engage summits a couple of times and and have conversation with him but when i first got into the business like the iconic names of the industry Were all that you know. They were out there, but they were in like major markets. And here I am, this girl in Tempe, Arizona, going to Arizona State University, talking about wanting to do event design and wedding planning. And and the counselors are looking at me like, "What are you talking about? Oh, you you mean you want to go on a hotel track and you want to work in a hotel?" And I was like, "No, I'm very clear that that's not the direction that I want to go because I'm creative and I love to design." So I ended up. Uh, actually pursuing um, a career in interior design out of college and worked for some major home builders and um, I love spatial planning i love color i love texture and it was missing something for me it was it was very exciting because I was working with people as they were you know sometimes buying their first home and they were celebrating and all of that but I wanted more and as I was getting a little bit older my friends started getting married and then eventually I got married and we had, you know, big milestone birthdays after college, you know, you turn 30 and like people are having babies and all these different things. And slowly but surely everyone was asking me, like, it was just supernatural. Like, Hey, would you help me? I'm working on this. Or do you know anyone that does this? And it kind of just happened that I started to dabble if you will with friends in the business long before I was married and um, before I experienced being a bride myself and just had the opportunity to to go down a career path. And our real estate market here, I live in Arizona still, and our real estate market here uh, hit the bubble in 2008. And uh, it really affected us in the industry because at the time I was doing interiors, it was far before that, that it really started to affect us and one day, we went from like crazy busy business to people not being able to qualify for houses and our real estate market here tanked. We were one of the hardest hit states in the country. Uh, Florida, uh, Nevada was right on the list there with us. And I was 30 years old and had saved a bunch of money and wasn't married at the time and didn't have kids and thought, the economy can't be that bad. I'll just start a business. So I left interior design where I knew that there wasn't going to be uh, any jobs any longer. And I decided to start a wedding planning business and start doing event design full time. And so when one door closes, one opens and I launched my business and I did a soft launch in the end of 2006 and then just really carried it through and had a really viable Energetic, full of life, business and in about two thousand eight that I really was able to get into it and start to see a difference in what I what I had been doing, and here I am, all these years later, with a couple of turns and hooks in the road, but I'm here and I still love the industry more than ever.
0: It's it's crazy because most of the the people that I talked to, two thousand eight was like the pivotal year. It was like the the biggest push for them to be like, okay. Now we we have to really do it because, you know, that was the year when the economy tanked.
1: Right. Well, and so in reverse of that, we see a lot of it right now from a business perspective. So now I do a lot of consulting, which is what we're going to talk a little bit about today. But I still own my event design business. Uh, I don't do the wedding planning anymore. uh, I'm not currently offering it as as a service. We just do floral and decor. And then I also have an everyday flower business. But the economy is good right now. Unemployment when it's at a, when it's high, people go out and look for work and if they can't find it, they forge a path for themselves. Hence what I did in 2008. Well, the economy is, you know, for the most part, really good right now. Most people have jobs, our unemployment rates are the lowest they've ever been. People can't find jobs. So now they're forging away and entering the industry. And so it's, it's very interesting time for me because I started my business when the economy was, was going through a downturn. And now I see a lot of professionals uh, or people that are starting to become professionals in our industry entering the market because they didn't have opportunities to find other jobs. And so they are looking to form a path for themselves right now. So it's just a very interesting time. And I'm surprised how similar it is, um, no matter how you look at it, from 2008 to 2019.
0: Yeah, very similar. similar. You know, I think the, the industry is so young that it, it looks really similar. But this year, like at this moment, there's more everyone's more aware of what's gonna happen, like as opposed to yes. two thousand and eight you know you people had no idea it was gonna happen, but then no idea I know someone who had a wedding videography business, and that's when I knew that this this industry is uh recession proof because he did like two hundred and fifty weddings that year, people were still getting married and still right. you know spending money that's why I'm like always you know concentrating on this industry because it's always going to be here it's just a matter of how you're going to handle how ready you're going to be for it and which is right which is perfect because 2019 as opposed to t- 2008 there's no there there was no people mentoring and coaching other
1: people no so oh, absolutely like not even a little bit and when i think back to it so my daughter was born in 2008 as well and i look back and like, even Facebook was different. Like, I don't know. There must have been, like, a preempted sentence there because I would fill it out, like, whatever the sentence said, I filled something out. So I look back on my memories and I'm like, what does this even mean? <laughs> but I don't... I have hardly any... I have zero images of her as a baby because in 2008, like, Facebook wasn't... it you didn't share photos you didn't do any of that so the strategy of how we did business and how we saw other businesses was done in magazines or one-on-one connections but we didn't even have the level of networking and you know professional organizations like that we have now like there was one or two uh, and only one of them here in Phoenix was uh, even wedding related. You know, there were multiple like corporate, you know, meeting planners international and some things like that that have been around for a very long time, but nothing for the social market, weddings, mitzvahs, quinceaneras, none of that really existed uh, until, I mean, the last 10 years, I mean, less than that. It's crazy if you really think about what, how the internet has moved around our business and changed things so and made it so different
0: yeah it's 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 just so it's just so obvious and yet people you could still see it's it's funny because you know being being in the industry for more than 10 years at least for you because you said 2008 right so you at least 10 years being in the industry you see the patterns that people do and that's the advantage for the younger people who are starting out right That, you know, there's someone who could actually see the pattern and say, hey, maybe you should do this because this is probably going to take you somewhere else, you know.
1: Right. Absolutely. And, you know, people are, you know, different things happen throughout time and people are spending more than they did because, you know, the client now has access to more. So where you really just had to be able to understand and identify your niche and maybe what was available in your marketplace That no longer exists. You as a professional in this business, you have to be well-versed in so many different aspects of the industry. It's crazy. So if my event design doesn't work with the fact that we have a live band instead of a DJ and I know roughly the size of, I have to know now the size of a stage for something that I never had to worry about before, or I'm draping a whole room or we're installing chandeliers, like that was not really a thing in the past because people didn't even know to ask for it. Like you just didn't think about bringing in full live trees into a ballroom because unless you had seen it, it really wasn't something that was on your radar. And now with Pinterest and Instagram and all these photo content, rich websites that are amazing. And our clients now get to at least have a better understanding of what services that they, you know, maybe want or things that they feel that they need for their event. Like it's a whole new world out there. And it's, amazing and it's fun and i'm just excited to still be on this ride this crazy journey and to be able to help and mentor and bring people along for the ride because there's gonna be a day that i'm done and i'm hoping that the person that's starting today in 10 years is is the next version of me for the next person starting
0: yeah i love it because it's also scary and i you know for me when it when it starts to become scary, it's something that's out of your comfort zone, and you kind of like get challenged a little bit more. And yeah, having that help from other people is is really important. And pushing
1: right? past that fear and that's oh, so yeah. hard to do. And I think it's almost harder now than it was. I, I actually I, I feel that I know it's harder now than it was before because now your failures can appear in front of your peers so much more obviously. You know, the highlight reel on Instagram and everything else. Well, if your highlight reel dries up it's like what happened to that person so you know there's very little room anymore for human error or just a day of i'm having an awful day like everyone only wants to see the highlight reel and all the pretty pictures
0: yeah it's oh man it's so tough so i guess the my my first question for you is um so why is it essential for wedding pros to build their network in today's market
1: so it ties right back in kind of to what we were just talking about like I started my business and there was no social media really. And there were no business pages like Facebook was started uh, when Facebook started. I don't know how many people will even know this. Like the only way to get a Facebook account was to have a .edu email address. So it was only set up for college kids that oh, had wow. an, an email address with the extension.edu. So it had to come from the university or college that you were attending in order to get approved when it was first launched. So, I mean, that's crazy in itself. There were no business pages. This was a, you know, a platform that was, was used for people wanted to use for personal reasons only and not for business. So when I started my business, we had to go out and network and do things like that. One day, it might not matter how many followers you have. If those followers aren't converting to clients or in our industry where most of our clients and most of our services are one and done, you know, I mean, yeah, you might need a DJ again in the future. You're going to need a family photographer potentially again, but most wedding photographers don't necessarily always do families either. And so most of our clients are one and done. So I kind of really like, I'm kind of a jerk about it, but I don't really care how many Facebook followers you have or Instagram followers or any of that. If it's not exchanged for revenue, it's all at a loss. And so networking now Is more important than it ever was because we don't control social media. It can be taken away from us at any time. And if that is 100% of where you're putting all of your efforts, your business could literally be gone tomorrow because we don't control those things. So you have to be able to pull them in, uh, you know, clients, referrals, things like that in ways other than uh, that are honestly a little old school in order to protect your business and find a good balance of social media and networking and relationships to be able to do that.
0: So when you're saying networking, you're, you mean uh, like the actual physical, you know, meeting. I those, know it's gonna shock people, yeah. but
1: I mean physically seeing people face to face. Like this is called a handshake. Hands.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like
1: I, know. I think from time to time we need to have a handshaking class. Like maybe we should do a video on that. Proper ways to introduce <laughs> yourself. Like basic stuff, like little elbow bumps, fist nuts, You know all the good stuff.
0: You know, I I, I, I always tell people in the age of social media, everyone is longing for an actual connection, like a physical, you know, like seeing face to face, eye Absolutely. to eye, you know, so people, yeah. people are missing out if they're not really networking. And I, I really love that you, you're an advocate for it.
1: I'm an absolute advocate for that because people also, people buy from people unless you're buying a commodity and none of us, even if we are in a saturated market, you are not a commodity. Your service, the professionalism that you provide is not a commodity. We buy things that are commodity-driven online all day long, and we don't have much value for that. And I sometimes use the example of, um, goodness, it could be a thing, honestly, with Amazon now, but I always like the example of like soda or pop, depending on where you are in the country, right? So when you would go into a grocery store, for the longest time when I was a child, my mom, we bought whatever was on sale. So sometimes we were a Diet Pepsi family and sometimes we were a Diet Coke family, but whatever's on sale is the family we're that week. Those are commodity-driven purchases. There's no value. We just knew we wanted soda and we knew we wanted diet soda. And flavor didn't have enough of an impact to give it any value, so we said, who cares, right? So Coke said, we no longer want to be a commodity all the time and we're going to come up with a, a plan to do that. And then they went and put our names or sayings on a whole bunch of 16 ounce Coke bottles. And you would pay more for one 16 ounce bottle of Coke that said, share this Coke with whoever your name was on it. And you would stand there for 15 minutes, turning the bottles, looking for your name. Right. Yeah. And all of a sudden you spent more on that 16 ounce bottle of Coke than you did on an entire 12 pack because they took the commodity out of it. They personalized it and they made it special. And so The only way in a market, especially a saturated market to differentiate yourself and not be a commodity is to be special and to be who you are and you are your brand. And so it's so important, I think, for people to realize that, that you don't, people don't know. I mean, yes, they can go to your website and they can read your about me page. That's honestly written the contents on there for SEO, most likely. So it's super keyword rich. That doesn't mean that you know me, or it doesn't really tell you the passion that I have for my business. I can tell you all day long, I'm super passionate about weddings and I love, love. What does that mean? Unless you meet me, it probably means nothing. But if you talk to me and I tell you that I was a leap year baby that never had a birthday, that hated in elementary school, that you know people were like, it's not even your real birthday. Like that broke my heart as a kid, like broke my heart. And like, I knew I was a year older, but what did that mean? Well, I didn't have a celebration. But when you meet me and you hear how much I love celebration and bringing families together, and especially weddings where I get to bring two families together, that's priceless. It's amazing.
0: I love that. I love that, you know, this is pretty much your whole when when you talk to someone and you share that, you're right. That's actually going to be like, you know, people are going to be Yeah. Gr- they're going to gravitate gravitate towards you and that's that's beautiful. Exactly.
1: And so, so in order to do that, you have to be part of the community and you have to network in your industry. When I say the community, I mean your industry. Like it's one thing if you're friends and family, know what you do but the rest of the world needs to know and they need to know your story and they need to know that you're just as bought in as they are to the business otherwise you could be here today and gone tomorrow and they don't know
0: yeah if your business is relying too much on social media it's it's probably yeah yeah it's it's a really bad move well when 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 i started the company in 2010 you know there was facebook and everything but most of the wedding videographers in my area there was like a handful most of them were were uh using google ads or they were doing bridal shows and i was one of probably one of the first brown videographers in the area in orange <laughs> county so i'm like i'm never gonna stand out against these guys so what i did was i went through the back door and networked with the vendors and most of the vendors that i i, I talked to now they're my friends too. They're like, no, you know what? No one ever does this because this is what we actually need is to have a conversation with you and yes. see what your intentions are when it comes to our clients, because, you know, it's very, right. it's are a very intimate same? thing. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's, that's my strategy. And I, I was wondering what, what was your strategy behind vendor referrals? Like what, why do you do what you do?
1: Yeah. So, you know, today we're, we're jokingly calling it be an asset, not an ass. And I mean that because my strategy with vendors for the most part is, is just what I said. And it's don't be the guy or the girl that calls. And it's like, so what do I need to do to get on your list? It's like, what is that your strategy? Like that's not a business strategy. That's obnoxious. If someone called you and said, Hey, you need to, uh, you, your car insurance, do your car insurance with me. Um, who are you? Well, I'm a, I'm a car insurance guy, but you should have your car insurance with me. I mean, we're in the same business, right? Like, what do I need to do for you for you know for you to refer me more car insurance people? You'd be like, get lost. But for some reason, in our mind, we think that we don't look outside of what we do. And for the longest time, people weren't even leaving their houses to be able to go out and network and meet people. So I truly believe that building a strong community is what is going to make a difference in in your business long term as a longevity strategy and for someone that wants to build a sustainable business because the other thing is you can all day long tag a venue in all of your posts and have that whoever's handling that venue social media whether it's the venue itself or a hired out company like it back but if that catering sales manager there leaves that venue the new person coming in doesn't know you but who does know you is that catering sales manager that now went to a competitor's property down the street that you still have a relationship with. And so those are the relationships that, that are important. And we have so many opportunities in this business to connect on a real level, like person to person, eye to eye, handshake to handshake that we don't take advantage of. And so in that example that I just used where the, catering salesperson maybe goes to a competitor down the street they're going to have a replacement so it's then very easy to say hey like new person can I you know spend some time and come and introduce myself to you we're all over your Instagram page you know I would love for you to see me work but more importantly we worked at your hotel so much that I would love to come and see you and tell you a little bit about like some of the ways we've worked there and maybe make your job easier so the new person is going to love that. As a photographer, I would be like, I would love if we could maybe schedule a time for coffee and I can walk you around the property and show you some of like my favorite places for those intimate portrait shots. That is being an asset to someone. So now this new catering salesperson has you, an expert at their property, even if they were promoted from a position that maybe they were an assistant and now they're taking over they still don't maybe know the nuances or the ins and outs and you have the opportunity as the expert to come in and do that and to come in and have that conversation and we have those opportunities even when clients don't book with people that we want to work with or properties that we want to be at or any of that right so the properties are always the golden child everyone wants to have a relationship with the properties because that's the beginning point But we fail to realize that all of our other relationships along the way can have just as much of an impact if we took the time to nurture them. And so I know in the floral business that generally my client books these three things in no particular order, but you could probably order them, you know, put them in an order. Planner, photographer, venue. Those are going to be the first points of contact that my client or my potential client is going to have. So it doesn't make sense for me to only have relationships with planners or only have relationships with venues because there's another person there and that's a photographer. And so when I have the opportunity to have a conversation with a photographer, especially one that I've never worked with before, as a florist, I think to myself, what does a photographer always need that maybe I'm not aware of? They always need fresh flowers for their flat lays, for their invitation suite pictures, for all these different elements, right? What's another thing a photographer needs that only I can provide them that is an asset to their business and to both of our successes on a day? And that's knowing their timeline. Even when I have a wedding planner that sends me a timeline and they can be 24 pages in super detailed down to like when everyone gets to go to the bathroom type uh, dockets, I still have the opportunity to reach out and form a relationship with that photographer and say things like, I just want to confirm that you're going to start taking pictures of the personals, bouquets, and boutonnieres at 1230 that day. Is that accurate? Okay, wonderful. Well, I've been advised to leave everything in the bridal suite. If that changes, here's my cell phone number. If you need me to bring anything to you that has anything to do with my floral business, please don't hesitate to text me and let me know. And so I'll try and meet that person sometimes even for coffee beforehand. A videographer, like video, most videographers will in my conversations will tell you that they're either at the beginning and they're picked because someone sees a lot of value in it and prioritizes it or they're the very last thought and they're scraping to get by to grab the extra money to see if they can afford to get their dream on video. Right?
0: Yeah. It's, <laughs> I, it's either that it's exactly or it is. <laughs> it's either video or groomsmen gifts. <laughs>
1: Right. Right. And <laughs> You're buying them drinks. They're fine. Right? <laughs> so uh, get the video, get the video. So um, it, I just find it really interesting that we don't spend a lot of time nurturing those relationships and actually being one on one with people and taking the time to have that face time with someone to see what their pain points are and to see how you can work together to make them less uncomfortable, but ultimately to also create a rapport. So when you're trying to close a client and I'm trying to close a client for my business, my network is so deep that I can say to a client that maybe has tattoos and hired the photographer that is covered in tattoos. Oh my gosh, don't you love her dragon? Don't you like, cause I know that person. I physically met that person So in that conversation with my potential clients, as I'm trying to close the deal, I'm using a tactic of social proof to say, I know the vendors you've already selected and we're kind of the same. We work together and we work together so much that I know personal things about them. And if you need a referral about my business and how we operate the day of your wedding, please don't hesitate to ask XYZ photographer. And in the back of my head, I'm thinking the person you've already booked Whose referral or thumbs up or she's great will have more of a financial impact in a positive way for my business than any other marketing that I can do. I can post to Instagram 17 times a day and it's not going to push the client closer to signing my contracts. But when she calls or he calls her the photographer and says, hey, I just met with Katie at Kate Ryan Design and I understand you guys did a wedding together last October and we're considering using them. And that photographer says, Absolutely, it was an amazing experience. Everything was top notch. Good choice. Ten times, tenfold, fastest way to close a sale. Fastest way.
0: My gosh, we're only we're only at the second question, and I've already <laughs> learned so
1: much. <laughs> I'll shorten my answers up. Hopefully, I'll <laughs> answer some of the other ones as we're going.
0: The thing is, we whenever we we meet with vendors, we always ask them, "Hey, can we have lunch?" And then when while we're having lunch, we always ask them, "How can we help you? What do you need help right. with?" But I've never, I never thought of like as a videographer, as a photographer, to show the venue manager, like, "Hey, here's like an an area where you could actually take really good photos at." I I feel like that extra, that extra you know hand to help them like when they're meeting with the couples, is gonna be really helpful for them in that in that way. That, they're never going to forget you, you know?
1: Right. Absolutely. And what I will say is like the question that you just posed was, um, what is it that we can help you with? Right. You would expect that to be a good generic open-ended question. And it's like, if you're frazzled or you're busy and someone's like, Oh, what can I help you with? Even though, you know, you ran out of dog food, you have to get your dry cleaning. You're like, it's just too much to even consider. So I want you to actually take that question and like, Part down even further. And so if you know that every time you're there, like maybe you say, is it okay with you if I call and see if there's any other corporate events or anything else happening at the hotel? Because I really love to shoot shoot in certain locations and I don't want to interrupt any other, any of the other guests on property. Now you're an asset. Now you're helping them do their job better, make their other corporate you know, conference client just as happy and you're servicing your client even better because of it. So we have a new property here in Scottsdale that everyone was clamoring to be part of. I had two events there in a a weekend in October. They happened to be back to back one Saturday, one Sunday, both full production, no additional install times, crazy pants. Like I knew it was going to be nuts. So I did not have a relationship there. Uh, I have tried, I knew the person, but have not, hadn't necessarily broken to the point of being able to get referrals, but they were aware of who I was. I was aware of who they are. And I called and asked for a meeting and was granted the meeting. And when I went to meet him, he's like, okay, we'll grab lunch first. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't realize we were having lunch. Wonderful. Like I would love to. So we got done. And he was like, okay, so it was really great seeing you. And I was like, oh, I appreciate lunch. Like that was great. But the reason I was actually here in my email I really need to see your loading dock and your back of the house because I don't want on wedding day to be pushing through huge carts and uh, have my box truck in your loading loading bay for an extended period of time if chef's going to lose his mind as I'm pushing through the kitchen. So I was actually hoping that you and I could talk about the logistics behind what I need to be successful that day without being disruptive to the hotel. And I thought his jaw was going to drop and I was going to have to pick it up. Because he was like, no one has ever asked us for that. And I was like, I don't know how, because that's an, that's an integral part of my job and my success that day is, but I guess most people just show up and push their way through the kitchen and that's it. But in the process of doing that, I was able to meet the banquet manager, the manager that handles all the banquet staff, Introduce myself. I met chef in the kitchen. I met his number two in the kitchen. So when I showed up, 14 days later, approximately, with carts full of stuff and taking over their loading dock and pushing past in the busy, busy kitchen on a Saturday and then again on a Sunday, I was received with open arms and I was high-fiving people as we were rolling through. And it completely changed the experience. They went from how many times you walk through a kitchen where everyone's like, more people walking through my space to actually people excited to see me. And it was this simple act of, going outside of what's important to you and what you need to be successful and helping someone else be successful and navigating that road together.
0: That's beautiful because you, you, when we we've maintained relationships with caterers as well and venues and mm-hmm. it's the same thing. Like we're high-fiving everyone and it's such an easier day whenever that happens and right. the couples the couples the the newer couples they see that now. They're like, oh, you know, the 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 photographer we're gonna hire. I want to make sure that we get the suggestion from them about the videographer because we want them to be working together the right way, like that day. Same right. goes with like the the event designer and the the hotel venue. So that's the thing, like. Um, When you were talking about like the florist, when you give flowers to the photographer, when they do the flat lay and stuff like that, you know, I I feel like more than anything, it's just the ease of working with each other and being able to say, you know what, I don't like that. Can you change that? And without offending the other person, because you're pretty much like friends and, you know, your one goal is to make sure that the wedding day is is beautiful and and
1: this works both ways and so as a photographer I would love if someone called me and said hey I'm looking over the timeline or we've got a wedding coming up in a few weeks and there isn't a planner on this event I'm just making sure that we're going to be on the same page and then I can actually write down and create an idea and an understanding of I didn't realize that you built in a 45 minute break to come and do all the room shots for the reception and I haven't even started setting the reception up. And then whose fault is that? Do you know what I'm saying? And so then it's the blame game. And does the client get the photos that they want? And is everything ready to go in time? And it's just a mess when all of that can be completely avoided and you can build super strong relationships with people that you maybe wouldn't have previously. And so I even use my um, like my new referrals or my new um, consultation questionnaires. Like when those come in, I always ask people, you know, where's your event? And then if I have the opportunity to call a hotel and, or a venue or a photographer or someone that I don't normally have a relationship with and say, hi, I'm getting ready to meet with X, Y, Z couple. Could you share a little bit with me about their vision so that I have a better understanding going into this meeting? I'm starting to form a relationship, but, most, but more importantly, I'm also letting the other vendors in my network and even outside my network know, I care enough to spend 10 minutes to call you and ask you if you could give me a little insight here. And, you know, if I can scratch your back, like, that's great. Like, hey, just so you know, if they do end up selecting me, photographer friend that I've never met before, I want you to know that we always bring an extra bucket of blooms. So please don't stop at Trader Joe's or Costco and get yourself roses. I'll bring an entire set of greens and flowers for you. And I really hope I get the opportunity to work with you.
0: Oh, my gosh. Can I, can I just work there with you? <laughs> <laughs>
1: But it works too with, it works amazing with venues, right? So every, like you talked about going through the back door, like our hardest part in any business in sales is getting past the gatekeeper. A lot of my friends are pharmaceutical reps, right? And for them to get past the front desk gal in a doctor's office is like the hardest thing. So they always bring donuts and they bring this and they bring that. But in a hotel or in a venue, you can't really do that. And it's not really going to make much impact. But what does make impact is when you have a mutual connection called the clients. And so there's times that I will say to a client, oh, where are you getting married? And they say, oh, we're at the JW Camelback Inn. And I know that they have potential, like I'll just use this as a bad example, but multiple ceremony sites and different ballrooms and they have a restaurant you can buy out instead of a ballroom. And so I won't ask any more questions. And then I use that opportunity to call the hotel, get to the gatekeeper right? Who's the admin person answering the phone for my catering sales manager. And I always ask a potential client like, well, who are you working with over at the JW? And then they'll give me a name or I say, well, are you working with this person or this person? Because I try to be ahead of it. So now I look like I'm familiar with the decisions they've already made, which validates their purchase. And more importantly validates them sitting in front of me at that point. And I'll call over. And when I get the gatekeeper on the phone, I will say, Hi. This is Katie Easley with Kate Ryan Design, and I'm working with your client that's getting married there in April of 2020. And I had a couple of questions about their, uh, about their ceremony space and their reception space as I continue to design for them. Is XYZ person available? Well, I've already given so much information. How are you going to tell me now? I already yeah. know what I'm talking about. So even if my questions are, hey, I'm just verifying that the ceremony is at the waterfall lawn and they're getting uh, in the receptions in the Roadrunner ballroom and, you know, how much of the ballroom we're using. And just confirm for me that you have 72-inch rounds instead of 60-inch rounds. Like, those are important things for me to know as a designer, like how much space I have. And then they say, oh, yeah, absolutely. And then let me send you the diagram oh, great. Could you actually send me all of your diagrams with like your room layouts and like your dimensions so I can use that for future reference? Oh, absolutely. Now I have your email. Now I have direct access to you. I also have your direct phone number. Like it's all there. And we've just helped each other. Now they know I care enough to know about their hotel to ask that question and to be different because I am not a commodity. I am different. But what am I doing as a business owner to separate myself and to be different and not be looked at as just the girl who has flowers. Anyone can buy roses. You can find them at, at Home Depot right now, which is breaks my heart. But it's true, right? They even have them at Walmart. Like, yeah. I'm not a commodity. And the only way you really get past that is to become an asset to other people and to offer a service greater than the product that you supply.
0: And not everyone does it. So it's so easy to just stand out and be Someone that people can depend on, right? It's it's, a, right. it's crazy. No one really. And thinks for about most that. of us,
1: it's actually part of our brand. And if you really look at what your brand is and what does it mean, and I'm not talking about the intangibles. I'm not talking about or the. I'm sorry, the tangibles. I'm not talking about the font. I'm not talking about the colors. I'm not talking about what your logo looks like. I'm not talking about that. The perfectly curated Instagram. I'm talking about the core values of your business, of your brand, of your the reason that you're there and what are those things that are absolute must-haves for your business and then how do those translate to the rest of the, the community? And one of mine is superior customer service to everyone. And this, my staff is on board with it. Everyone's bought into it. And if you're not bought into it, you most likely won't work with us again <laughs> because it's, it's just the way it is. Yeah. But that's a core value of our brand and who we are.
0: Us too. It's crazy because... Uh, at least for for our industry, the wedding videography industry, it kind of like, there are days when I'm like, what am I doing? Instead of like pursuing, you know, artistic something, we always concentrate on customer service. And I feel like that is why we're still in business. And we're like, a lot of, not just couples, but also vendors, they love working with us because we want to make sure that the couples are like, just you know, just one hundred percent customer service, and that's that's something that people, you know, they're they're paying us like at least three thousand dollars to work, right? Right, it's a lot and of money. It's a lot of money, and people forget that. You know, customer service should be part of it because we're in the service industry. We're not in the filmmaking
1: right. industry. And our other like one of our core values is make it right. I don't care that there's an extra table in the room that we weren't aware of and the client didn't pay for make it right. And if that means we take a little bit from every other centerpiece because of it, and it was last minute add on and it was simply missed who cares whose fault it was. It doesn't matter at the end of the day, we're all one big team and we all have to help each other and we have to make it right. And that's the thing. And when you get to connect with people and the service that they offer and the product that they Is part of that service you know that you are working with people that you trust and that are like you and that you want to spend the day with because that's also the most frustrating thing is like oh but I also know there's a couple of like photographers that are that will tell you like we are all about emotion and I I, you know and people are like but we shoot film and it's like that doesn't mean anything to anyone like it means that I can't figure out how to get it developed and does that mean I don't it's not gonna, I'm not gonna have digital images. Like Everyone's gonna have every million questions, right? If you don't have a story behind why you shoot film, it doesn't even matter, right? So if I know that my photographers are super like into emotion and capturing crazy pictures and things like that, and they're not very detail-driven, I'm going to make sure that I explain to them, hey, just so you know, our ceremony doesn't have a lot going on, but our reception has a sweetheart table with a cake behind it, and we put the cake on a riser, and we put crystals going down around it so it looks like a waterfall, and it's got all these fresh flowers, and I really need you to know that because I – I, you might want to spend an extra 15 minutes just in that area because there's so much going on. And I know how much XYZ or the client's name or whatever love it. And I don't want it to go missed.
0: That's, um, so now yeah. it's
1: like, it's basic, right? Yeah. Like when we talk about it, people are like, okay, that's pretty generic, but none of us stop to think about it and to talk about it. And when we do, and we really start to, to think and to propel, like what is moving our business you might get all of your leads and you can tell me straight face that they're coming from Instagram or YouTube. Every person you've asked for the last hundred questions or even the last hundred clients that have come to the door, you've asked everyone and 99% of that are from there. It doesn't matter. It's not moving your business forward. What moves your business forward is constantly propelling yourself further forward to be better, to learn more and to be an asset to the rest of the industry. So if something does change, you have people on your side. If Instagram decides to go down, which probably never gonna happen. But let's say it becomes a paid service, like where everyone has to pay to play, kind of like what happened with wedding wire and the Knot. like that's a big merger. Now, you used to be able to get on the Knot and update your storefront all the time. And now you can't, you have to pay to play there.
0: It's not so oh my it's gosh. nuts,
1: And so if you think if, if your entire marketing strategy was built into getting referrals from the knot, and now It's this huge search engine that has now been merged with another huge search engine, if you will, Wedding Wire. And now they're the not pro or Wedding Pro Worldwide. Wedding Pro Worldwide. Yeah, I'm still getting used to all the new terminology. But, you know, as that happened, if your entire business structure was just focused in that one area, you're out of business unless you're willing to pay a lot of money. So we need to be really thinking and be mindful of what are we doing and what are our actions doing that are things that no one can touch that don't make us a commodity.
0: Yeah. That's why me and my wife uh, decided to just concentrate on local, just the Orange County market. And I was telling her, Mm -hmm. you know, if we want to do 30 a year, we just network with – for example, we network with like six vendors that we're really good friends with and they give us five weddings each for the year. We're, we're done. We're good. And then every other vendor that we talk to, the newer ones, our goal is to just like help them out if, if they need to meet new people, you know, just reconnect them right. so that for the following year, they're, they're at the back of their minds. They're going to be right. thinking of us, you know, or just planting a seed, like if, if you will. And
1: being a connector is so big is so big in being an asset in, in this industry. It really is. So I know that people, because I love to connect, people know that they can call and ask me like, hey, do you happen happen to know someone who does this? My answer is yes, or I'll find you someone. I will reach out, like, you know, we've got all these Facebook groups in the world where people are 90% of the time complaining, but then someone in your market pops up and is having like a real struggle or real challenge. I will reach out to that person personally not in that like massive, you know, group, whatever discussion about their issue and ask if we can meet for coffee, like, Hey, I'm in your market. Like, I know exactly the problem that you're having. Like, can we sit down and talk? What am I going to get out of that? I don't know. Probably nothing, maybe something I'm going to get another person that I know another connection. I'm going to help another person in the industry that's maybe up and coming or someone who's been around for a long time. That's stuck in a roadblock. Someone's going to do that for me in the future. Cause karma, is a thing. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: It, that, that's the, the one thing I, that I really, that I've really seen firsthand, like karma is just something that, yeah you know, it's so real. And
1: I caution people a little bit to, s- don't ever stop networking and growing your network. So, and I say that because the example that we were just discussing was like, if you wanted 30 weddings a year, you'd find, you know, six people. If you got five from each, you would be there, right? Yeah. But what if in one year, two of those connections decide to take a hiatus and have a baby or someone's family member gets ill your business overnight can crumble and turn into nothing and you've got to stay part of the conversation part of the community even if it's not directly affecting you at the moment because you never know when you're going to lean back to it but real personal connections won't ever fail you
0: oh yeah and you said you know you have lunch with people and you talk about like oh we're in the same market and uh, here's your what your problem is so uh, what what are the other ways for you to identify other vendors' pain points is there like other ways that you that you use so um you
1: know talking to people is one of the biggest things asking people like, Hey, I saw that last week, like, let's say, you know, someone and they they post something on, in their Insta stories that they were at. I don't know, some, someplace that you're working with someone that you want to talk to. I might say, Hey, how is it working with that person? What's their style? What are they like? What is the, you know, and kind of get a background on them. So then when I call, I can say, Hey, I was talking with our mutual friend," and I thought, you know, and we were talking that we might actually be a good fit for each other to maybe share business and references and referrals to each other. Would you be at all interested in meeting? And then when you sit down, you kind of come loaded with a little bit of information about their business that doesn't require you to just cyber stock them. So like, <laughs> I know you're laughing at the cyber stock comment, <laughs> but it's true, right?
0: Yeah, the, I, I do that too.
1: Yeah, we all do it. And so if you really want to cyber stock people in a good way, look at their Pinterest because nobody filters themselves on pinterest Mm. you will filter facebook you'll filter instagram but no one filters their pinterest and if you look at my pinterest right now it might appear that we're going back to school because my daughter was tagging and pinning everything back to school on my page by mistake she was trying to figure out what color she wanted her nails painted and what special designs. so we have a new board called nails 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 and like you can be like oh and then there's maybe a board about all about hawaiian vacations or hawaiian cruises or Alaskan cruises or things like that, and I have an entire board that I've just pinned 40 things to, you could probably say to me, hey, have you ever been to Alaska? (laughs) And then I'm like, oh, actually, we're thinking about taking an Alaskan cruise, blah, 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 blah. And it looks like a natural conversation, but I actually cyber you.
0: (laughs) No, you researched. researched. I researched.
1: I researched a lot of my clients that way too.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know, I've never never really dabbled on Pinterest. I have an account there, but I never – Knew how to like do this, but now that you you're saying that there's boards and different like inspirational mood boards, I'm I'm gonna take a look into that. That's a really I know it's kind of funny,
1: but I can tell you like going on there. I could go on right now and tell you how many friends right now are keto and how many of my friends right now are paleo. (laughs) Oh (laughs) wow! Right, because they're they're posting recipes, they're saving recipes, so I can tell you like that's crazy. You just it's mind blowing, right? I have a friend who likes the paddleboard yoga thing. I was like, "Do you do this?" She's like, "Oh yeah, like every Saturday." I was like, "Really?" I was like, "I had no idea." Well, is it? She's like, "Yeah, wow. you know that um, they call it—is uh, it SUP or SUP yoga or SU? It's standing up, paddling, and then you can like you're on a long board and I don't know, I don't understand you, it. Like you,
0: you would think yoga's already I'm not hard a enough, yoga right? Person,
1: right? I know, and then oh put me gosh. in the water.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay, so. This is so interesting. I like the Pinterest tip alone is just gold. I love a little,
1: it. little golden nugget, right? Oh my gosh.
0: So, <laughs> the, the, my next question now is so, since we've been talking about social media a lot, and you know, I, I've seen people who post on social media, you know, the, I always tell people make sure that when you post something for your clients or your other vendor friends, that you're solving a problem for them. You're not just like, Hey, I'm at a wedding today. Here's a video of right. my wedding because I I've been seeing that a lot, and I feel like I I actually posted something on our Facebook group uh, that's saying that because I was trying to research on blogs like people who are starting to blog again or you know are are actually starting to blog, and I was saying that the pendulum is shifting back to content because people are getting sick. And tired of just photos, just scrolling right. through the. You know, sub unconsciously they just scroll to through the photos. So there's no point in in posting like a photo that's not really interesting or right. helping people out. So the, the, my my point is, how can one post on social media and not soft sell their service? Because you know, I feel like whenever you post something that's just self serving like a photo of your wedding that you're doing it's not really doing anything but you're like kind of like just humble bragging so how do you How do you so isn't that a great question you know what's better if we have an actual conversation about it i created a facebook group just for the bosses that's right I'm calling y'all bosses because I really want to hear what you think. Let's talk about your business, share your frustrations, and celebrate your victories. I want to surround myself with driven, hardworking people so we can help each other out and not feel like I'm being judged all the time. Let's talk about business. I can't wait to see you there. So visit the show notes after the interview and click on the link. Okay, now let's get back to the show.
1: Exactly. And that's what we're doing, right? So when we post to Instagram and then feed it to Facebook and push it to Twitter, right? Pull all the buttons over and just send one big thing out into the universe. Uh, As we're doing that, we're creating that. And some of that is ego-based and it's also like validating. So the client goes and they maybe look at your Instagram and they want to see a feed and they want to make sure that of your your photographic style, does this make sense for the style that I want? And it's almost like a micro website, right? But yeah. then when they're looking at your stories, they're actually learning about you and they're seeing something about you. So content marketing was king for the longest time, right? Put up a blog, you know, share your top ten list, make it a downloadable PDF for your five, you know, five shots you want to make sure your photographer gets. Like all this content, right? Content, content, content was just being thrown out there. And what we're seeing now is that the shift is still with content, but it's interactive content. And if you Google interactive content, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And it's things like, what kind of a potato are you? Oh, I'll spend 10 minutes down that rabbit hole of deciding that I was a sweet, yam. Yeah, like, do you know what I'm saying? Like people will fill out all these things. And how often are you now looking where someone's like, you're know, you most likely to be a this when you grow up. And I'm like, I'm 40 something years old. Why am I taking a quiz about what I'm gonna be when I grow up? But it's interactive marketing and we're using it and we don't know what we're calling it, but that's what it is. So it's like, if you're a DJ, you should be doing a video live that says, heck yeah, I wanna be here or I wouldn't miss it for the world. Do you wish you were a guest at this wedding? Both of them are yeses, doesn't matter. Someone's gonna click it. It's interactive, right? Now I'm part of your process. Most of us don't even go and scroll our Insta feed anymore. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I just don't. Like every once in a while, like I'll be like, Meh. oh, what am I doing? I'm going back to stories. Right. And then you like stop and look at everyone's stories. That's where people learn about you. And that's where the interactive content marketing really can come into play. And if you become really good at it, you then, you're thought provoking, you're maybe educational. Like, and you can say things like, I'm at my flower market, and I'm so excited that peonies are finally back in season. Even if they're only here for a short time, can you believe that the window of peonies is only until from this month to this month? As a florist, right? So that's an educational post. And would someone watch it? Yeah, maybe. But if I was like, "OMG, do you love this or that?" You're going to get people to respond.
0: Yeah, and it's it's very interact. uh, I mean, it's very personal because they're already following you.
1: Right. And And now they're part of the process and now you're feeling connected to people. And so I'll go on and interact with other people that I just want to know and be part of. And I don't mean like I got tagged because I was the florist and you felt like you had to tag me because you want me to repost it and make sure that I tag you. I'm not talking about that. That's, that's ego. That's vanity. Um, That is, you know, all of why we do things that we do in business to make sure that we're relevant. But I'm talking about like using what you're doing to actually have relationships and to make that phone call and say, Hey, for every hour on the hour, I'm posting on my Insta story today, all these images from the wedding that you and I did together in December. And if you could just like at the top of the hour, it'll be within the first five minutes, you know, one to one Oh five, I'll post something new to my story. And I'm going to be like, should we have picked gold or silver, love it or leave it. Are you dying to have these shoes? You know, Jimmy Choo all day. You know, and then maybe there's Chuck Taylor's and it says Chuck, yes, or, you know, funny things like that, that you can then go in. And now you're actually having conversation and validating relationships and building that network of people that you're trying to build a community to be ultimately bigger than and a bigger part of.
0: I love that. Yeah, people, people really love uh participating in like polls it's like if you especially when it like it's like stupid stupid stuff oh yeah i, I love participating it's so funny right and i always it's tell interactive
1: people content marketing
0: yeah i always tell people you know just like what you said your feed is your website your new website your alternate yep. website and i always tell them you your stories is where you get dirty like that is where you Show who you are, because that's where you're, yeah. it's like the lifting of the veil and showing right. the person behind yep. the brand. Yeah. So that's
1: beautiful. It's, it's. And I, we talk a lot about social. I am not a queen of social at all. It was not part of my business when I got started. So it's kind of like, it's a thing that I have to do, but I am not a social queen and so I want the world to know, although we did just talk a lot about social, you can actually have a viable business without being like social media crazy person.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think it's good for your uh, it's good for your well being too if you're not too much into social media.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> the whole highlight reel.
0: Yeah, it's so funny because we, we I just came back from Florida uh, with a family vacation and my mom. I'm sorry, mom. I hope you're not listening or watching this. But my mom, she was just on her phone the entire time, just taking photos and posting it on on Facebook, like, oh, we're on vacation. <laughs> I'm like, this is not going to be good for you. The right. She's like, I need you to take photos of the food. And, you know, me in this tree. I'm like, this is not going to be good for you're you. You're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Now, um, I I really want to ask you, so for for people cuz we've we've been talking about marketing and everything right what how do you deal with the vendors who are not so friendly and are not really open to building a mutual relationship like, especially for me like i i guess with my experience we whenever we want to level up and network with like not like i guess higher end vendors you could you could sense that there's like a, a wall, if you may. <laughs> right. Do you sense that no, there's something? That so how, yeah. how do you deal with that?
1: And so, usually, those tight barriers come from people that are approached a lot with people that want their attention. And it, I'll use hotels as a great example, right? So that the hottest hotel with the most expensive weddings and a clientele that will pay your fees and your pricing without even balking or questioning it everyone's going after that person. And so they're just inundated. So it goes back to being offering something to be helpful, to be part of the conversation, not just can I, can I come see you for no reason? Hey, you and I have a mutual client. Can we please sit down and discuss the room layout that day as I know I'm going to need additional power? No one's going to tell you no. But if I'm like, hey, can I just come see your hotel to see where your power drops are? They're going to be like, um, we've got them in every room like a normal hotel, and you're shut down. But if you say to someone, hey, um, is it possible that I get 30 minutes of your time? I need to know where the hang points in are in your ceiling and what the pricing looks like. So we have a hotel here that you have to pay a union fee, you have to pay a labor fee, and then only the hotel can hang this stuff. Like you can't touch their ceiling. Well, in order to do that, my total came out to around $5,000. And had I not had that conversation, I would not have known. So we had to go with an alternate route because that was just for, that had nothing to do with me. Like that was $5,000 to have four guys there with some scissor list to try and hang flowers from the ceiling. My my flowers weren't costing and where she wanted them. It wasn't costing that much. So it didn't make sense to do that. So we had to reinvent the wheel. But making like making a connection and having a reason to have that connection makes it a heck of a lot easier. And then the other thing that I would, always strongly recommend is we always say, don't burn bridges. You'll hear people say that you don't need to be connected to people like where you meet with them once a month, but you need to have enough that if you were to run into them in a Costco or in the grocery store or wherever, and you're like, Oh my gosh, how are you? And they recognize you and you're relevant to them. That makes a world of difference. So right now I'm hitting a wall with, some relationships that I'm trying to build outside of the wedding industry on the corporate side of, of the business. And I'm hitting that wall. So I went in all the raised ways, you know, tried to access like I normally would and wasn't, I was just not having as much luck. So I went back to my network and I went to my LinkedIn, which I am a LinkedIn fanatic. Me too. I love it. Oh my gosh. Love it. Spend more time on it than I probably should, but there's great articles. So the content's amazing and it's, works my brain instead of just endlessly scrolling. But I went and I realized that someone in my network that I went to high school with is running an organization that is a direct access and to everyone that I was trying to get in front of. So I sent a message to her and was like, hey, Like, Hey girl, Hey, like, (laughs) Hey, she knows who I am. Right. We went to high school together and I just ran into her at Costco like three months, four months ago. And I said, Hey, I have some questions for you that are business related. Can I schedule some time to talk with you? And she's like, sure, absolutely. I've got a lot of availability this week on when, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, I was like, great. How about one o'clock on Tuesday? She's like, great. I'm like, here's my number. She's like, here's my number. We didn't even know each other's numbers. And by the time I got off that 20 minute, she messaged me and was like, Something just came up. Can we move our meeting? She cared enough to, to say that. I was like, absolutely. You're doing me a solid. I'll move this meeting however you want to. And 20 minutes later, she's like, I'm going to send direct correspondence emails and copy you and make these introductions for you. And it is worth its weight in gold. And I had no idea until I started looking on like organizations where I might know someone where my connections existed in LinkedIn. Did I find out that she was literally running and leading this organization where everyone that I was trying to gain access to attends all of those networking events. So not only did I get four direct email relationships built yesterday, I got a list of all of the content information for the members of her organization, uh, like their member directory. And she invited me to attend their next networking event for free as her guest where she's going to personally introduce me. Oh my
0: gosh.
1: Like, You can't, you can't buy that, (laughs) but when you have a strong network and you really focus on being a better person. And I said to her, like, I can never repay you for these relationships you're building. But if you need to send flowers to a client or someone you guys are courting, or if someone gets ill or has a baby or anything like that, do not hesitate to call me and let my everyday flower business take care of you. I will personally send out something on your behalf. I cannot thank you enough. And so it's just out there. Will she call and maybe ask? Maybe. Maybe not. But as soon as I see anything from her that's like, "Hey, we're looking for this." You best believe I'm going to be hammering in, you know, referrals and information whatever she needs to help grow the community.
0: That's crazy. You you you're solving her problem, she's solving yours. Yep. It's just that's really really smart. I wish I were uh I could just send flowers too, <laughs> without, <laughs> without I should probably learn how to like arrange pl- flowers at least.
1: Right? <laughs> Don't do it, then you'll put us out of business. We need <laughs>
0: because <laughs> you know when when it comes to video, there's just so much more work. When after right. we shoot, then we need to put it together, and you know. So So then
1: I took it a step further. And so this is what I mean. Like when you really stop and think about like, what are you doing intentional to your brand? What are you doing to be part of the community, to make yourself an asset to the industry, right? To make yourself part of the conversation, not the person just talking, always talking. Like what are you doing to help to be on the other side of that and to solve industry challenges or to just be part of it bigger than how it's self-serving. Right? So yesterday They, uh, so I talked to my, uh, this gal, her name happens to be Katie. Also, I talked to her yesterday and she, you know, hooked me up with all these things. And she said, I wish we would have had this conversation a week ago. We have a networking event tonight. I said, Oh, where is it at? And she said, Oh, it's at X, Y, Z place. So I was like, Oh, I'm not going to be able to make it Kids stuff, blah, 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 blah. I'm at home last night and I'm mindlessly scrolling through Facebook. And I see one of my favorite caterers is at the event where she is at. And I instantly grabbed my phone and messaged my caterer friend and said, I don't, and I screenshotted the picture of, of the other Katie, my friend and said, I don't know if you've ever met her before. She is the director of membership at the event you're at. If you don't know her, go find her and tell her that I sent you and make that connection because she is an amazing person that will connect you to anyone that you would possibly want to know there as part of that group. And my person responded back and said, You've got to be kidding me. I can't believe you know her. I happened to meet her tonight for the first time and we talked for 20 minutes. But you know what I did? I looked like I was doing her a solid by hooking her up with someone that would have been an asset to her, which I was doing. But I reinforced that we're all trying to do the same thing and to to produce events on the same level and at the next level. Because we're all looking to make our network bigger and whatever I can do to help get you in front of someone. That was a little self-serving because I wanted to be able to say to my caterer friend, don't forget about me. And, but it was also like, I've got two awesome people that are in the same room right now that might not get to see each other. I don't know how many people were there. There could have been a hundred. There could have been 200. There could have been 20. But I said, this person can change your business and this person. And how do I put you two together? And I'm not even there. So I messaged both of them separately and they both responded and they're like, you are amazing. Thank you. We just met, you know, X, Y, Z, blah, blah. It was awesome.
0: That's great! Oh my gosh, now I need so I to- was networking
1: at that event from my couch <laughs> because I got stuck at home.
0: Isn't that the best? Just being on your couch and working.
1: Whew! Man. But you have to be part of the conversation and a bigger part of the community in order for that to happen.
0: Be part of the conversation. I love that. Yeah, that's. Uh, we have a networking event next week, and I'm, sh- I'm pretty sure I'm gonna do that make sure that and being you know, part
1: of the conversation isn't just handing your business card out and walking around and, Oh, Hey there. Hey there. Like no one needs that guy. That's why people don't buy cars on car lots anymore because no one wants to be solicited to. No one wants you to walk up with a stack of business cards. To be like, here you go. Here you go. Here yeah. you go. It's like, ugh yuck. Yeah. Walk up. Oh, hi. I don't think we've met before. Oh, I'm Katie. Oh, what business do you work for? Oh, I'm with Kate Ryan Design. We're a floral design studio. Oh, that's amazing. That's awesome. Have you done any events here in the past? You can start a conversation. Great. Well, it was really nice meeting you. I'm X, XID. like would love to connect. Like, you know, it just drop the seed. It doesn't yeah. have to be a commitment. And then the next time you're at an event or what are the things that I love to ask people that I've never met before? What other networking events do you like to attend?
0: Oh, I like that.
1: That's a good one. And that's a good one, because it could open your eyes to opportunities that you don't even know exist. And you might find out that there's a new chapter of WIPA or, um, you know, anything else in your market that you didn't maybe know about before. And then now you're networking with like minded people.
0: Okay, that's, that's so cool. So
1: And especially for people trying to build a business you don't you know it's really easy to go online and be like networking opportunities in scottsdale arizona and there's going to be a whole bunch of randomness that shows up but how are they relevant but i can call a couple of people and say hey what networking events do you usually attend and if i ask that same question i might get the same three from five people and then the sixth person gives me one random one that i didn't know about it's worth it
0: my gosh this is just so much great information you know i when, when when we started talking about networking, because we came here 2008, we came from the Philippines. So when we came here, I had an accent, I was very, very insecure because I don't know anyone in the room all the time when we go to networking events. And I just, for like a, a good couple of years, I just practiced my English and make sure that, you know, I just converse. And when, when it, it still didn't improve... <laughs> I just, you know, I just <laughs> I just challenged myself and I just approached people and I started talking because when, whenever we go to networking events, it's my wife who talks to people because she's really right. good in speaking in English and I suck at it. And <laughs> so I'm that guy at a networking event drinking five beers at the bar because I don't want to talk right. to anyone. And eventually when I start talking to anyone, I just sound like this because I, <laughs> I'm already like slurring my words. <laughs> So now I know how to like approach people and ask them and you know, I, I feel more right. confident and
1: having the conversation.
0: Yeah. So
1: for, but for, you have to be present and that's yeah. what you just said. You may have not have been part of the conversation, but you were present for the opportunity and sometimes networking is just that it's being present. Yeah. So when you do show up four events later and the same people are there, they're like, I know that guy. Yeah. Like there's a, you know, that person's been the last three things I've been at. Like, why are we now we're like, right? Like is like, like now I want to know, like, what are you doing that you and I are at the same events all the time? And what does that mean for me?
0: Eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always, whenever I go to networking events and I see someone that looks really familiar, the way I approach them is, Hey, you know, I always see you at on Facebook with the suggested friends and I feel like I need to just talk to you because you're, you're always right? there <laughs> and you know, it, it, it's so easy Yeah,
1: and it's way better than walking out and be like, here's my business card. Yeah, It's like, what? No. It's like, Hey, I saw you last week. Weren't you also at the whatever fun in the sun or whatever event? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, I was there. I'm like, yeah, I didn't have the opportunity to meet you. I was trying to, you know, I was trying to meet as many people as possible. Like, what'd you think of the event? Oh, it was awesome, right? Wasn't the food amazing? Like, whoever would have thought to put a little taco with a little little shot of tequila next to it? Like, whatever. Like, do you know what I'm saying? But now it's like, oh, okay. Like,
0: now you have someone in common. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. And
1: sometimes that's that is how you get past some of those people where you maybe had a wall. Is if you see them at an event and then you connect with them on LinkedIn, or you see them at the second event and you walk over and you say, "Hey, I you were at." you know, whatever last week, like I was there and my wife and I own this photography business. And, you know, as we're networking more, are there any groups that you really find a lot of value? Um, Clearly you were at last week's event and this event, but is there like any other groups that you're part of or any other organizations that you think is as photographers that care about the community and want to be part of the, the, part of, you know, of the business? Like, is there anything else that you would suggest that we go to? People be like, oh yeah, like now you're not asking about where they work. I'm gonna ask them about how do I become a preferred photographer with you? How do I you know, none of that really matters.
0: it's, it's just asking like more personal, more more of like experience, yeah. yeah, that's that's cool. So
1: we know that holiday it's July. All the holiday parties are starting to book and people are starting, we're starting to book more for holiday this time of year. And so I reached out and I want some people to remember that like we're available for uh, we don't just do weddings, we're available for holiday parties as well. And so I reached out and said, to some of my contacts via email, I said, "Hey, I'm starting to see an uptick in in holiday parties. This last the last two weeks, we've booked more. You know, we've confirmed more holiday parties than the earlier in the month. Are you starting to see? Do you see the trend right now that you're booking more, the same, or less than last year? That's a business conversation. Yeah, and it's also me trying to figure out what's happening in my market. And the crazy thing is, I, I hit more the luxury end. Luxury meaning people are spending more." Um, which is what most, most people define luxury as, even though I don't necessarily agree with that, which is a whole new conversation, but um, they one to, so like my mainstream hotel that I expected to be like, Oh, we're just on par. Everything's okay. They're totally sold out except for two weekends. And then my luxury property that I was expecting to be like sold out is like, it's crickets over here. I was like, Oh, okay. That's crazy. So then my next move is going to be to schedule a consult or uh, an appointment with seeing that person and saying, like, is there anything that we can do to help push more business and maybe add some value to people booking with you? So I have a bunch of decor from holidays in the past, like light up trees and like all this different stuff. So if we can get the contract for the centerpieces, I will automatically bring in two additional trees at no charge to the hotel, but to make the hotel look better. So then I can say if we can book five parties with you, we'll decorate your lobby for free this year. I have the product; it's not going to cost me anything. But now I'm part of the conversation, and I'm an asset to the business. That so, like one of the groups they do a ton of buffets. One of my caterers does; they do more buffets at the holidays than anything. So I suggested that we um, we look at partnering, and if that and they like to sell our centerpieces as part of a package. So I said, hey, every time you sell centerpieces to any of your parties, we will automatically put two trees on all your buffets because I've got these cute little four foot light up trees. I was like, I'll just always bring them. So you don't have to worry about decorating your buffets. She's like, really? I was like, yeah. I'm like, otherwise you're grabbing vases and putting balls in them. Right. Cause that's what she did last year. And I remember, <laughs> oh and she God. was like, yeah, that's what we always do. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, so let's jazz them up. Let's, if you still want to put your clear vases with balls in them on the tables, ornaments get wild. But why don't I put these little light up LEDs? I can either plug them in or they're battery operated. So I don't even need electric if you're, if we're in the middle of the desert or in a barn.
0: Man, you're so smart. So always remember guys, <laughs> always remember you need to cyber stalk. I mean, research. <laughs> yeah. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Right. <laughs> no, but that, that's what I do too. I, I'm the same. I watch their stories and you know, after a month we see each other because we always have these networking events every couple of months and yeah. that's what I talk to them like, oh, you, your dog, how's your dog doing? You know, it's it's easier to have. a And
1: quit sending mindless gifts, like quit sending the mindless box that where everyone got the same tumbler with the same little pack of sugar lips gummies with the same whatever. So that as you're going through Insta stories, you're watching the same five people open the same five things over and over again what is that? That is not personal. That is not forming relationships. That's not giving a rat's butt about people. Yes, it's nice. So send the Tumblr, but also maybe throw in some bones for their dog. Like, there's people that are dog obsessed. There's people that are coffee obsessed. There's people that are kombucha?
0: Kombucha. There's people
1: obsessed with that. Clearly, I am not. But, like, (laughs) if you watch them at all, you're like, had to try this flavor, thought you might like it. Like, You're not going to send a bottle of wine to someone who only drinks beer. But I will tell you that I knew some people were going to be at this craft beer festival last weekend. So I sent the shout out and was like, hey, I know you love beer. And I'm stuck going to this with my boyfriend. So are you going to be there? And I was able to see people in my industry at this event that was a craft beer drinking party.
0: My gosh, I want to go there.
1: (laughs) It was amazing. Then you should come next year because it was awesome.
0: Oh, my gosh. So okay, that that's great. That's a really really good tip. Like stop sending like the cookie cup, not probably like cookie cutter, but yeah. yeah, just put a little bit more in there. That's amazing. Just yeah, just
1: think about it. Like if you're going to make an Im- if you're going to spend the money, make an impact.
0: Oh, beautiful. Okay. So my last question now, since we've talked about sure. how to grow in our network, what is? I don't know if we already talked about this, but what is the okay. the number one next step you would recommend to wedding pros who want to grow their business through their network?
1: Educate yourself. In this business, we think we are experts because we have hit the top of the game or we think we're on top of the game or we've got the first hundred clients underneath our belt or we hit our sales goals and we're not. It is changing so fast. the The, the economy moves it. Uh, businesses make the adjustment. If you don't stay nimble, and most of us are small business owners, which gives us a huge advantage to be nimble to make those adjustments. So I, I say this, have a guide, even if it's just some, if it's free and it's someone that is a podcast that you listen to that you find a lot of value in that drives your business, right? So you are a guide to people. There's people that religiously listen to your podcast as a guide. Some, I have a list of clients that I consult, I am a guide. They want more personal attention. They're willing to spend the money. They want to move their business forward fast. They want to have a very clean you know, direction. They want someone to help them through their mistakes, get past their fear and their failure quicker than doing it on their own. Have some form of a guide, be it paid or free. Okay, That's what I have to say. Have a process, have a plan, and have a goal. And be consistent with all of those things. And... Your process could be that on Mondays, I make my connections to try and build appointments for the following week, Thursdays and Fridays. I always load my schedule. So if I'm out of the office, I'm out of the office for an extended period of time in one part of town because in Phoenix, everyone's like, oh, well, how far is it? And I, I, no one talks about miles. We tell you how long it takes to get there. Oh, it's at Cardinal Stadium. Oh my God. Okay. So it's an hour and a half away even though it's only 37 miles from where I'm sitting, it always takes me an hour to an hour and a half to get there. Cause it's traffic, right? So like, that's how we talk. So I know that if I'm going into Scottsdale, I'm going to load my calendar with all those things, but that's a process. And that's part of my plan is to be, to block my calendar to be more efficient. And then while I'm there, if I do have a gap in my calendar, I might go and sit in the lobby of a hotel where I have an okay relationship or I've just started to get a relationship and then I might message that person because I'm probably connected to them on Facebook or LinkedIn or something like, Hey, had a quick meeting. Um, I'm in your lobby for like the next 30 minutes. I'm sure you're slammed, but why don't you know I'm here? If you have a minute, they might want five minutes to walk away from their desk. And I also didn't say that my meeting wasn't there with the potential client. I just said I had a meeting and I happened to be in your lobby. So now it looks like I'm doing business there. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm available. So that's like part of my process. Have a plan, have a process, and then have a goal. And the goal isn't always financial. If you only focus on the numbers and you hit your numbers, it doesn't mean you're going to hit your numbers the next year, especially in our business. I've had years where I have done more business than I ever could have imagined. And it was a ton of quantity over quality. And I've had years where I've done even more business that was quality over quantity, but none of it ever repeats. It's never the same. And if you don't have a clear desire to be part of the community, part of the larger conversation and be involved, how much longevity will your business have? I don't know. It might survive on its own for five years, but all the great companies, the really great brands, have been around for hundreds of years. Because of, and we have the opportunity yeah. to be nimble business owners and to adjust and to change our trajectory and our pattern. And if it's not making sense, if you've built a good like, network, you can reach out like I did and say, hey, what are you looking like for holiday bookings? I've got the person that I thought wouldn't be busy is the busiest, and the person I thought would be busy is the slowest. That is also an indicator to me, like what does social look like for you? How many events, how many weddings do you plan to do in this in 2019? Well, we had projected 45, but we're barely at 20. Uh, You're not going to fill 25 in the fall. So your business is slowing down. And if I'm used to getting six referrals from you and you're only 50 at 40% of what you normally are at for the, for your year goal, what is that going to do to my business? Got to think about that.
0: Yeah. That's great. It's
1: stressful.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, it's so challenging. Like, when we were talking about earlier, you know, when when you're, like, a little scared, it's kind of like a – at least for me, that's always something that I look forward to because that means that – oh, that means we're, this is, like, a next chapter thing where you, yeah. you got to figure Anything it out. Anything
1: that's worth it should scare you a little bit. Yes. I – Every installation that I've done that's bigger than the one before, the first time I hung flowers from the ceiling, I was sick to my stomach that the whole thing was going to fall down on the dance floor and clobber someone. Terrified. But it But it worked out and I made sure that bad boy was rigged better than it ever could have imagined. It had extra in case of extra in case of something and not an earthquake, right? That kind of stuff. But I made sure of that and- we build and now I know that I can install floral on a ceiling almost anywhere and successfully, but we have to, you know, we have to to be able to put ourselves out there and push our businesses a little bit further. And if you're okay with being stagnant and the same, that's fine. But this industry moves faster than stagnant than you being stagnant. Like it's just not going to work. Yeah. So if you want to have longevity, you have to be able to be nimble, roll with the punches, have a guide, have a process, a plan and a goal and move that bad boy forward.
0: It, you know the I think the scariest part for me was when when we were when I was trying to come up with the podcast I'm like I think this is the 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 way we're gonna grow because you know just to diversify and everything, but then I don't have a plan i'm just I'm just like shooting whatever I can and you know recording everything, but now you know as 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 we reach fifty episodes, now I have a better idea of of what what direction we're heading on to. And I feel like that's the thing. Like, yeah, you could have a plan, but you should yes. also start. Like, just start. do it.
1: Be yeah. nimble. Start, and it's okay. And if you hate it, go back and delete it. Like, if yeah. you really hated it that much, you could delete your first three episodes. Yeah. But who knows? Like, those might be the first three episodes that put you on the map that are the reason that someone started listening. And that, And as you grow and got better, you know, you have to yeah. put yourself out there. And the reason that a lot of us are in the business over extended periods of time is overcoming fear. And every time we fall down, getting back up and that's the only difference between people that have made it and that have it is like, I mean, there's people that consciously make the decision to leave the the industry, but I'm talking about people whose businesses potentially quote fail. Like there is no such thing as failing. Like there's just that, Hey, I'm just done doing this. I don't want to get up and do it again.
0: You know, I love that this topic is with you. Because not only are you really, really good at it, but also, you know, I I could see that you actually know what you're talking about based on what your experiences are. Because there's there's research and then there's like real world experiences. And I really appreciate that you shared this with my audience. And, you know, it's just so inspiring to see people like you who do this without asking for anything. And I really would yeah. really want to thank you for it. I'm
1: not. The only thing I ever ask people is to do this. If you listen to this podcast, if you watch it on YouTube, however you consume the information that we've just spent the last forever talking about, <laughs> right? A little bit longer than we expected. Sorry, is don't regurgitate what I talked about and what you have said or what I said onto a piece of paper. And I say this to people when I speak because I I do some public speaking as well for different organizations. Uh, I'm actually in St. Louis this weekend with the Association of Bridal Consultants for a regional meeting for them. Don't write down what I'm saying. Write down how it applies to you. So if that means you're going to listen to this all the way through and you finally are hearing this little nugget of information at the end, go back and listen to it again. And instead of writing down, go to networking events because she said to, I want you to write down who could you network with to be able to do what i'm talking about pause play pause play pause play and make it tangible use it as a guide to create a process and a plan to get to your goal oh
0: my gosh just so much really good stuff that that's actually that's actually how the the people i know who are very successful do it they don't just write notes they already right. convert everything when they write it on yep. a piece of paper, it's already converted. Like this these yep. this is my checklist. This isn't notes anymore. This is what I need to do. And I feel like yep. that's that's actually really good. Oh my gosh, we have like five I have so much information. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do another one. We'll do oh my another
1: gosh. one together.
0: <laughs> so yeah, the, the, I, I really would want to thank you. I know you're a busy person, and this I really, really appreciate this, that you took your time and uh, did this interview with me.
1: Absolutely.: thank, thank you so you. much,
0: Katie. Have All a great day. To Thanks, Ta. So there you have it. I hope this was helpful. The best thing about this is that you can always play it back. I'd love to know what you thought about this episode, so please feel free to DM me or email me if you have any questions. Just go to the show notes for the links. Guys, show your support by helping me reach more people by sharing this podcast or tell a friend about it. I'd also love it if you rate and review. I love reading reviews. Season 1 is about to end, so watch out for the upcoming workshop And the goodies I have in store. So make sure you join the Facebook group. Next episode is going to be another hit. So don't forget to subscribe. And I'll see you on the next Wedding Video Boss Podcast. Till then, play nice if you can't win. Be nice. Especially if you're good looking. Boss Man out. see you on the next wedding video boss podcast till then play nice if you can't win be nice especially if you're good looking boss man out